Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence. Dow Automotive Systems, innovations for clean powertrain solutions. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. This is AutoLine Daily for April 22, 2011, and now the news. Scientists at universities in Ohio and Switzerland have teamed up with the U.S. Army Research Laboratory to develop what they're calling a self-healing polymer. When it's exposed to certain levels of ultraviolet light, it turns liquid-like and flows into scratches or dings to repair them. In other words, if you painted your car with this stuff, it would automatically repair itself. Researchers say it isn't expensive because it's made from commercially available substances, but it's not going to be ready for industrial applications for at least several years. A recent report from the Governor's Highway Safety Association says that despite a 2% decrease in motorcycle fatalities last year, they're still concerned that they could start rising again. The Insurance Institute for Highway Safety says that as a percentage of all motor vehicle deaths, motorcycle fatalities have doubled over the past decade. That's why BMW announced it'll be the first manufacturer to equip all of its motorcycles with anti-lock brakes. An IIHS study says that bikes with ABS are 37% less likely to get in a fatal accident. One of the criticisms of electric vehicles is the lack of places to plug them in to charge but now Google is working with the U.S. Energy Department to make it easier to find charging stations. They're teaming up to identify stations, which will then be displayed on Google Maps and GPS systems. In addition, the Energy Department will provide $5 million to communities that apply for funding to establish charging stations. But while Google may have ideas of where to put public charging stations, the question is, will anyone use them? The French government has already installed public charging stations all around the country, but so far, no one is using them. One French government official from the General Directorate for Competitiveness, Industry and Services told me, they are 100% empty. Turns out people with EVs prefer to recharge their electric car at home or at work. They find it inconvenient to go to a public charging station and leave their car there for hours on end even if that might only be a couple of blocks away. And this could be a red warning flag for governments and companies that are rushing to build public charging stations. These things typically cost $50,000 to $75,000 to install. But why make that investment if no one's going to use them? I wasn't at the New York Auto Show this week, but AutoLine Daily correspondent Craig Cole was there to fill us in on what we may have missed. Let's listen to his report. Well, John, as you know, New York is such a busy place. You turn your head for just a second and you miss something. But we didn't want you guys to miss out on the latest reveals from Manhattan. So check this out. First up, we've got the new Hyundai Accent. This thing's powered by a 1.6 liter four cylinder engine. It's good for 138 horsepower. Drivers have a choice between a six speed manual or a six speed automatic transmission. Pretty nice in the B segment. Saab showed off its Phoenix concept again. Now they already unveiled this thing in Geneva, but I've got to say it looks pretty wild when you see it in person. And I particularly like those slicer wheels, which remind me a lot of the fans of a jet engine. 
Uh, next up, Scion FRS. This is a rear-wheel drive 2 plus 2 sports car. It's a, a joint venture between Toyota and Subaru, and it features a 2-liter boxer 4-cylinder engine. No power numbers have been given yet, but it features both direct fuel injection and port fuel injection. I've got to say, it looks pretty striking in the code red paint. Also, uh, We've got the Subaru Impreza. This is the fourth generation of the car. It's lighter and more efficient than before. Um, and Subaru is claiming it is the most fuel efficient all-wheel drive vehicle in the U.S., delivering up to 36 miles per gallon. Pretty impressive. It too, like the Scion uh, FRS, is powered by a two-liter boxer four-cylinder engine. And in this case, it's good for 148 horsepower. Last but not least, we've got the Jeep Grand Cherokee SRT8. This thing is powered by a 6.4-liter Hemi V8 engine matched to a five-speed automatic transmission. It's got 465 horsepower, and Chrysler says that's good enough for zero to 60 in just 4.8 seconds with a top speed of 155 miles an hour. But don't think it won't handle. This thing can also pull 0.9 Gs on the skid pad. Pretty crazy for an SUV. And I've got to say, has more sinister bodywork ever been put on a Jeep before? I don't think so. And what better way to wrap up a big show in the Big Apple than with some big names? In this case, Minnie and Kiss. Now, the two are kicking off a cross-country charity gig later this year, including four specially painted Kiss-themed Minis, so you have to check that out. Reporting from New York for Autoline Daily, I'm Craig Cole. Thanks for that report, Craig. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the electric version of the Smart 4.2, back right after this. Reducing exhaust emissions, airified diesel particulate filters, high filtration, low back pressure, small package size, excellent durability. DowAerify.com. I haven't been a very big fan of the Smart 4.2, and so I was really looking forward to driving the electric version of the car. Recently, I got a chance to do just that, and here's my impression of what that car is all about. One of the things I've always hated about driving a smart car is the way the transmission shifts. But today, I'm driving a version of the car I hope fixes the problem. The first thing that you notice is that this car shifts beautifully, or actually I should say it doesn't shift at all. There's no automatic transmission in this car, which means it drives way better than the gasoline version of the Smart. The other thing that you'll notice is when you come to a stop and then get going again, it's real quick, right off the line for maybe the first six feet. You better use it because after that, this thing is actually pretty slow. They say the cruising range in this car is about 63 miles combined city and highway driving. I'd say that's about right in my experience in test driving this car. Also, it takes about 16 hours to fully recharge the battery using a 110 outlet. With a 220 outlet, you should be able to cut that about in half. One thing you'll also pick up on is that there's a high-pitched whine in this car. It's not very obtrusive, but after driving all around, it really starts to get to you. The only problem with this car is the price. You can't buy one of these things, you can only lease it. The monthly lease payment is $599. If you want the convertible version of the car, it's almost $650 a month. That means that you could almost get a Chevrolet Volt and a Nissan Leaf for the price of one of these. And for the life of me, I don't know why anyone would go for this one. 
You know, I still don't get why they're charging so much for the electric version of the Smart. Even BMW's Active E is going to cost $100 a month less. Oh well. Hey, don't forget to tune into AutoLine Detroit. This weekend, we have a terrific show. My guests include Margot Oge from the Environmental Protection Agency, Pat Davis from the U.S. Department of Energy, and Jake Jones, who handles external affairs for Daimler. It's available now on our website, but check out your local public television listings because AutoLine is now available in 40 markets around the United States and is also available coast to coast in Canada. You know, we've had a lot of product news with this week's competing auto shows going on, but we couldn't cover it all. Several members of the Roundabout podcast were on the ground in New York, including AutoLine Daily's Craig Cole. Craig? Hey, John. This week, we're actually devoting the entire podcast to a wrap-up of what went on here in Manhattan, as well as Shanghai. Jeffrey Ross of Autotropolis, Miss Motormouth, Michelle Naranjo, and Stephen Ewing from Autoblog were all at the show, and together we'll highlight some of the big reveals and a whole lot more. So I hope you tune in for the live broadcast. I'll see you tonight. Thanks, Craig. As always, you can watch Roundabout live tonight at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time at AutolineDetroit.tv. And that's today's report on the top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you Monday. <laughs>